Up next is a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson. Pastor of JF Believers Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and click subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. Mark chapter 12. Verse 28 says, One of the scribes came and heard them questioning together, and knowing that he had answered them well, asked him, What commandment is the greatest of all? Now here we have round three. Now comes the scribes ready to trap Jesus. They ask Jesus what appears to be a rather simple question. What is the most important commandment of them all? Quote unquote. Now Matthew 22, 34 says they all plotted together on this. For having Jesus out of the way served both sides of the religious spectrum. They all wanted things to go back to the way they were before, peaceful and quiet. And of course, with them in control. Verse 29, Jesus answered, The greatest is, Hear Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. This is known in Judaism as the Shema. This is often called the national Jewish creed, if you will. The the final word of the Shema is one, quote unquote, or ekhad. Ekhad. Now this should settle the continual issue of the Trinity once and for all because ekhad is a compound unity and it means several or many in one. Verse 30 says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. But the second is like this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So the greatest commandment is to love God with all you have and all you are. Nothing in our Christian walk is as important as this. In fact, the whole of our faith is wrapped up in this one directive. Furthermore, if we fulfill this commandment, every other element of our faith will follow. You are to love your God. Because you know he's already the God, but he needs to be acknowledged as yours by you. He is asking for the love which is simply our reasonable service. Consistency, faithfulness, holiness, sanctification, self-discipline, all these things will automatically and absolutely follow if we love him more than anything and anyone. Because for whatever we love, that's what we focus on. The focus on him is what stops the drunk from driving, the abuser from violence, the criminal from his ways. Loving him causes us to love our wives, to love our kids and to love our jobs and to love life. Our love must come from the heart, our soul, and our mind. It is an all-encompassing passion that motivates us. The two commandments given here deal with both our relationship with God and our relationship with others in our lives. Now, please note that 
You cannot have one without the other. That's imperative that we re realize that. Now, some will actually say that we must learn to love ourselves so that we can know how to love others. I somehow don't think that's a real problem. No, no truth as this is out there. We already love ourselves, usually more than anything or anyone else. Verse 32 says, the scribe said to him, truly, truly, you have said well that he is one and there is none other but he and to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding, with all the soul and with all the strength and to love his neighbor as himself is more important than the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Now it's interesting that this scribe obviously came ready to attack, but apparently he left with his eyes wide open. I guess that's not so uncommon when Jesus is in the room, huh? Perhaps for the first time in his life, this scribe realized the importance of loving God. Really loving him in every way meant more than religious action. Religion, rituals, and rules mean nothing. Again, do you love him with all your strength? Verse 34 says, When Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from God's kingdom. No one dared ask him any question after that. Jesus acknowledged that this man was near the kingdom of God. Now, please notice he didn't say that he was in the kingdom of God, but that he was near it. He acknowledged this man's understanding. The man you see had a real grasp of the truth about God, but he had not uh, yet to accept Jesus personally as the embodiment of that God. I mean, he knew what to do. Now would he actually do it? Verse 35 says, Jesus responded as he taught in the temple, how is it that the scribes say that the Christ is the son of David? For David himself said to the Holy Spirit, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies the footstool of your feet. Therefore, David himself calls him Lord, so how can he be his son? The common people heard him gladly. Now the scribes understood that the coming Messiah would indeed be the blood, or blood descendant of David. And, and that fact was true, though it was not all the truth, because Jesus now turned and posed a question to those who were in the audience. In Psalms 110 verse 1, David spoke of the coming Messiah as his Lord. Well, how could that be? How could the Messiah be David's son and his Lord at the same time? For the believer, the answer is clear. The Messiah would be both man and God. As David's son, he would be human. As David's Lord, he would be divine. That was our daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Pastor Tim or JF Believers Church, visit jfbelievers.com.